I love that video because it highlights just our, uh, just a part of our heartbeat, a part of our heart for the church and just being involved in, uh, in our life teams, being involved in local projects, being involved uh, with just serving and just uh, finding out, God, what, what would you do through, through these things like life groups and stuff? And so uh, I'm just happy to be back up here with you guys. As many of you know, if you're familiar with River Valley Church, you know, we typically have our lead pastor who, uh, who does the preaching, Pastor Rob Ketterling or our executive pastor, Darren. But today you got me. You have me. So I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So I'm bringing to you our, our final week of our, our, our Go series. And it's been an incredible series already. But before we jump into that, I just want to highlight a few wins. Because we're a church that loves celebrating. We're a church that loves highlighting the good that God is doing here through you. You are the extension of what God is doing here in his, in his, in his love and his passion for the kingdom. And so we've had an incredible start already. I mean, we're uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th already. So we're about a month and a half in into, uh, into 2016. So I hope we're still doing well in our weight loss programs and everything. Don't, don't die off yet. Keep with it. There's still time. There's still time. Uh, don't give up. But we've, uh, you know, I want to celebrate our life teams. Uh, Pastor Dave and his team and just everyone else who serves on the weekend has done an incredible job of adding more people uh, to the teams. And, and it's incredible for us to know that uh, we can do that uh, with each other, that we can serve with each other, that we can uh, be an extension of Christ's love just by, seriously, by opening doors or greeting someone uh, as they come in. So I want to say thank you for everyone who signed up. If you're not currently serving, I, I want to let you know you're a part of a church that says, you know what? Go be involved in, uh, and be able to do something because you never know by just something so small, you could actually be making a huge impact. So I encourage you to be a part of that. Also, uh, our, our go groups, it's our life groups. And so every year in January, we, uh, it's what we call our annual life group series. And so we roll it out. And what we do is uh, our, our, we, we go based on the sermon series. Okay. I'm using go a lot, but uh, unfortunately, I just realized that now because you use that word a lot. But uh, it, it goes along with our sermon series. So any, everything you talk about uh, during your life group, you're basically discussing what happened on the weekend. And so uh, I just want to let you know that this year we had uh, more people saying, you know what, I'm willing to serve in a go group. I'm willing to lead in a go group. And uh, that's something to celebrate because that just means the maturity of our church is growing. The maturity of our church is expanding. And we're having a lot of people say, you know what, I'm willing to do it. So the leaders are there. We just need people to show up. So if you haven't been a part of a life group, be a part of one. It's an incredible thing to do. Also, I just, we highlighted our giving. Uh, our giving is an incredible thing of what we do too. As I mentioned, uh, generosity is one of our values. Continue to give, continue to be a part of uh, what's happening and believe and just, uh, and see what God does through that. Also, I would encourage you, be consistent in your attendance. Your attendance matters. You being here matters. Uh, I actually believe there's about 600 people that would call River Valley Church the Minotristic Campus or home, but they all come here and there. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you are a person that comes every once in a while, I want to challenge you and say, you know what? I'm going to be present because here's the deal. You might not know this, but people might be blessed because you're here. You might be the only one that says hi to them that day, but guess what? You, uh, you, you, what you did is you didn't miss out on an opportunity for God to use you. You didn't miss out on an opportunity for God to use you. So be present, be here. Uh, I'm encouraged when you're here. It's great when you're here. And uh, I love seeing all your, your pretty faces. You guys are pretty. You guys look good. You guys look good. Valentine's Day, man. Also, global teams. Uh, we've had a, 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 my heart as a campus pastor is to send 50 people on short-term missions trip this year. And we're sending 50 
different trips. And so even for just for our Haiti trip, we're sending uh, just uh, about 10 people uh, for our youth. We're sending 12, 13 students. So we're getting close. So I encourage you, if you've never been a part of a global trip, be a part of one. It's our short-term missions. It's an incredible experience. We've done it before. You'll be safe. You'll be taken care of. Believe me. So uh, there's a lot to celebrate. Can we just clap for that? Praise God. Thank you all. Thank you all for what you do. Um, so as I mentioned, we're in our Go series. We're in our Go series. And just to recap the last several weeks, we started with week one, which was Missio Day. That's the mission of God. That's God's mission uh, and, and what he's doing. And then the second week, we did the kingdom. Bob Hoskins gave that one, our guest speaker, and he gave just the, the perspective of God's kingdom and what that does. And really the Go series, just to give you an idea a little bit more, revolves around the Great Commission, around the Great Commission where Jesus says, Go. Go and reach people. And so and that's my paraphrase version because it's longer than that. But uh, he says, go, just go. And then also we, we highlighted in one of our weeks, the Capital C Church. So that's just much bigger than what you see here in this room. It's much bigger than what you see in River Valley. It's about what you see as a global church. Because how many of us know we're all on the same team? If you're preaching Jesus and you're preaching the gospel and the Bible, we're, for, we're on the same team. We're all for Jesus. So we want to spur people along. We want to encourage the other pastors uh, to continue to do what they're doing, to, to champion the church, to represent the church well, and to protect the church and to be able to do those things. And so that's the capital C church. And then last week we did, well, what's my mission as an individual? What's my mission? And uh, Pastor Justin Mack gave an incredible heartfelt message on just why our heart is global. And because we're all, in some ways, we are called to be missionaries. Amen? I know some people say, I don't know. What do you mean called to be a missionary? Do I I need to go and give everything up? No, no, no. I believe some people are going to be called. And I believe some people are going to be called to give stuff up. But we're all missionaries in our own right. We're missionaries in our workplace. We're missionaries with our families. We're missionaries when we're down at the grocery store pumping the gas. We're all a part. We're all an extension of what God is doing. And so say yes. If anyone ever asks you, hey, what do you do for a living? I'm a missionary. I preach God's word. So we're all called. Now this week, we're focusing, well, what's our, what's, uh, what's our mission? What's our mission? River Valley Church, Minotristic Campus. What is our mission? You know, we're in, uh, I don't know if we planned it this way, but we're in Valentine's Day, and so it's, it's, a, it's a fun holiday uh, where we get to, it's a Hallmark thing, we get to just spoil our significant others, but uh, today's really going to center around the theme love, but not just any kind of love, but the love that actually does something, the love that is actually active. Uh, Pastor Rob's theme for the church this year, for our heart for the church this year is love does, to allow our, our love to be able to be an expression of finding ways to put God's love into action. So it's about seeing the need, it's about hearing the need, it's about feeling the need, and then also doing something about it, following through. So to recap the, the vision message, one thing that Pastor Rob mentioned that I thought was really, uh, in some ways, comforting, but yeah, this is going to be a little challenge here, but he wanted our comfort to be challenged. As a pastor, I, I find that comforting. You might think, well, you're kind of crazy. Why would you find our comfort being challenged as a comfort thing. And I would just say simply this, because when we're, when we're stirred, when we're moved, that's when we're most aware. Because when we're comfortable, we're good. We're hanging out. I'm in my recliner. I'm watching TV. I'm good. But when we're least comfortable, that's when we're most aware of what's going on around the world. And I want us to be aware. 
I want us to be challenged in those areas. In fact, sometimes we think of the word agitated as a bad thing. I would even tell you this. Agitated is not a bad thing. Agitated simply means it's to stir things up. I want the Holy Spirit to stir us up this year. I want the Holy Spirit to stir us up, especially as we finish this incredible sermon series. I want us to be able to be moved through our love to be able to go and fill the needs of our community and the people around us. So I want to tell you this. Here's a a fun quote, uh, a good quote. All this means nothing unless we can uncover our individual passion to reach the peoples in our community. So that's what today is going to focus on, is reaching the people in our community, reaching our neighbors. So here's the question. What is our campus's responsibility and response to the Great Commission? What is it? And I would tell you this. It is to love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. So what we're going to do is we're going to read out, out, of, out of the book of Luke. And Luke is an incredible, uh, incredible storyteller. And he said, we're going to start in chapter 10, verses 25 and 37. This is a dialogue that is happening between a lawyer and Jesus. And says, one day, an expert in the religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, right, now do this and you will live. But then the man wanted to justify his actions just a little bit, so he asked this, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with this story. Let's just say a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. And they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him up. And they left him for dead uh, beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, the priest crossed over to the other side of the road and just passed him by. And then a temple assistant walked over and looked at him beside the road. But he too just walked him by and passed him by the other side. But then, then a despised, keyword despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to the inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these would you say was the neighbor to this man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. And the man replied, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So now let's paint this picture a little bit more, okay? Let's paint the picture of what's going on. This is, this is uh, Luke here basically writing to the Gentile Christians of this account of the gospel and what Jesus is doing. This was, and before Christ... They were excluded. So here the focus is on the inclusion of the lost, the poor, the weak, the sick, and the marginalized. And just a little bit geographical uh, pinpoint, just to put a picture in your head. um, The road from Jerusalem to Jericho was a very tough road. It was a tough road. Basically, it it dropped in uh, 3,600 feet and 17 miles. Now, that's 17 miles. That's not just like, hey, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive 17 miles. That's like, I'm going to make a commitment to go 17 miles. So it was, it was a hard one. It was steep and it was narrow. It was whining. It was rugged. It was a rocky pass. But also it's known for, for its danger. It was very dangerous. It was a dangerous road. In fact, it was notorious for it. And it was known as this, the way of the blood. 
Now, I don't know about you, but any time someone says, hey, you want to go down the way of the blood? I'm going to say, no way. I'm not going down that way. Are you kidding me? If it's called that way, I'm out. But it was known for this reason because uh, of all the bandits and the robbers and the people that frequently, frequently uh, hung out in those areas and, and, uh, and took advantage of people who were weak. And if you were to ask me, well, what's the, just, just to give me an idea, what's the present day equivalent then of, of this pastor's use? What's this? And one thing I know very, very, uh, very closely is uh, I grew up in Milwaukee and I grew up in the inner city. I grew up uh, at an inner city high school. And I, I know one thing, here's the equivalent. You never want to be caught in the inner city in the middle of the night, not by yourself. So that's what it was here. That was the danger that they faced here. And even for me, who is somewhat familiar with it, that wasn't a way that you wanted to ever go through or, or to be a part of. So for this Samaritan and for these people that were caught here, they were caught in a very dangerous road. And also just to give you a little bit of an idea of what's going on within the relationships of people at that time, this was between the Jews and the Samaritans. Now, now we know the word Samaritan as a very, very good word. We think of organizations and ministries like Samaritan's Purse and just other things. But at this time, Samaritan was almost considered a bad word. You don't want to talk about them. I'm Jewish. I don't talk about them. So it was not good. There was a hatred between the two for hundreds of years. Instead, in fact, it's still reflected even in today's present, uh, present tense but between the tension between Israel and Palestine. It still carries on. So to the lawyer, the person that was asking Jesus, the Samaritan was the scum of the earth. And yet Jesus made a focus to make it him, that person, the hero of the story. Well, why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus do that? Because how many of us know that Jesus came to sometimes just blow our perspective, blow our context a little bit and help us to look even deeper and even farther than what we're used to seeing. So he was the hero of the story, the Samaritan one, the despised, the last guy that you would ever expected. So this Jew was left for dead, right? So what happens? Well, let's go back to the story. Well, at first... The priest comes along, right? The religious type. And what did he do? And in fact, just to give you a little bit more idea, is this is one of them. This is one of them. But the, so for the priest, this was one of them. And what did he do? He said, you know what? I don't have time for this. In fact, I'm probably off the clock already, so I'm just going to move over to the other side and walk on by. This was the religious type. This is like me saying, you know what? I don't have time to see a guy who's, who needs help, who someone needs to stand up for him. That's like me saying, you know what? I don't have time for this. I just got, it's, it's 1230 and that's not really 1230 yet, but it's 1230. I, I'm, church is over. I'm off the clock. My responsibility is not to help. How embarrassing that would, that would be if I, a pastor, would be able to do that. Or how about the temple assistant, Right? The temple assistant did something even more. He said he, he looked at him. He looked at him, but he too passed him by. And perhaps the temple assistant said, you know what? Uh, you know, someone else will probably take care of it. I'm good. I'm out. But it was the despised Samaritan who did something. The Samaritan, the person you did not want to mix with, but he was the one who said, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to help out this guy. This guy needs help. This person needs help. I'm, I'm seeing this person. He's dying here. And I could do something about it. And he, he did something. You know, because our love does something. It sees, it hears, it feels, and it does. You see, I think there's, as we progress, the world has a different definition of this. 
and it defines greatness in terms of power, possessions, prestige, privilege, and position. Basically, if you can make it to the point where other people serve you, then you've made it. But Jesus was very specific on how he defined and measured greatness. To him, it was measured not in service, or it was measured in service, not in status. So for, uh, as a pastor, you would ask me, well, well Pastor Zeus, what is, what is your heart? Just tell me, what is your heart? What is your heart? And I would say this, I never want us to ever get used to seeing people in slavery, in bondage, hurting, because if we do, then we've missed the gospel. We've totally missed it. I never want us to do that because love does something. It's not passive. It's alive. It's active. It's going. It moves. In fact, love creates itself an action, but it's not a to-do list. It's a day-to-day lifestyle. Because how many of us know if that's the way we progressed, if that was the way that we moved within our own relationships, whether it be with our spouse, with our kids, or with anyone else we love, that's not sustainable. It is a lifestyle. It does, do, it does something. It moves us. It changes us. And this is the heart of Jesus, is to reach others through this love, to reach our neighbors, to reach the people who are around us, the people here in the Minnetrista area, in the West Tonk area, Mound, or wherever we are that we commute from. It is to reach these people and the neighbors. And Jesus says to the, uh, to the Lord, he says, now you go and do the same. You go and do the same. You can, and you're able to. Another thing I feel like the world also teaches is not to love God with our whole heart, but to barely give him the leftovers. You know, maybe the usual approach is to serve ourselves and then give to the lost and then give to the broken, the forgotten, and the marginalized what is left. And maybe even give God what is uh, uh, the few scraps there. So that's what the world teaches us. And so we want to avoid that as much as possible. Say, you know what? I'm not going to buy into that lie but I'm going to say, you know what, God, how would you have me move, how would you move me to be able to make a difference in my context, with my neighbors, with the people that I need to be loving? You see, this whole idea, it crosses ethnic backgrounds. I'm glad it does. It, it, it crosses national backgrounds. It crosses religious. It causes, crosses uh, political backgrounds. Even now, I, I feel like there's so much angst and anger and, and, uh, uh, we're in a political season. And so we're seeing ads, we're seeing debates, we're seeing people, and people are, uh, I'm very active on Facebook, so I see what's going on on Facebook, I see what's going on on Instagram, and people are posting. Can I tell you something? When it's all said and done, it, it's not, I, I'm not, okay, let me say this. I still believe it's our responsibility to vote, but I'm gonna say this. When it's all said and done, to God it doesn't matter who sits at the chair of the White House. All that matters is that God sits on his throne and God is still on his throne. Because at the end of the day, when we vote, we're hoping we're, we're, we're voting for our comfort. But sometimes our comfort is going to be stirred a little bit. But at the end of the day, we're going to be good, guys. We have a loving father who says, you know what? I'm not going to leave you beside of the road. I'm going to take care of you. I'll be there for you. So let's not worry too much about that. So this, all this idea, it crosses these, these boundaries. It crosses these, these, these political uh, boundaries, the religious, the national, the ethnic ones. In fact, Jesus will not accept our reductionist demands of the flesh and legalism. Because here's why. The stakes are way too high. It's way too high. What Jesus did on the cross means more than the labels that we place on one another. To him, it's not about 
well, you believe that or you believe this. To me, to him, it's like, hey, believe in me and I will give you life. I will show you life. What Jesus did is, is too much. The stakes are way too high for that. And we see that with the Samaritan. For him, the stakes were way too high just to pass this person by and allow this person to die by himself because he saw the need, he heard the need, he felt the need, and he did something about the need. Jesus was very specific on how he measured greatness. He measured it on service and not status. So for us, let's go do the same. But can I tell you something too? Is there's something very freeing when we're able to allow to release that. There's freedom in that. And there's even freedom in serving. There's freedom in knowing that we can serve. In fact, I'll tell you this. Uh, we are still in a very blessed nation. There's a lot to celebrate. There's a lot to be blessed blessed by because there are people around the world that would love to do what we're doing here today, but they're unable to. And we have freedom to be able to do this. We have freedom to be able to proclaim the gospel. We have freedom to be able to share Christ's love with other people. There's, it's freeing. It's able to do things. As believers, we are alive in, in our freedom. So I'm going to read you out of Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, where it says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So let's love our neighbors. Well, who are our neighbors? Again, the people who are around us. Not just here in our church body, but the people who are around in our communities, in our workplaces, the places that we frequent, whatever it may be. Those are our neighbors. It's everyone around us. Let's serve one another because the need is high. I'll tell you what, the need is high. The need is there. And as a church, we have a, you know, I I say we have a lot to celebrate and we will always make time to celebrate. But let's not forget that serving is never done. It never finishes. It's ongoing. It moves. It goes. In fact, I would even say this. Don't rest on the reputation of yesterday. Don't rest on the reputation of yesterday's revolution. We can celebrate what happened, but let's not just stay there. Let's continue to move forward and say, you know what, God? Like this Samaritan, how would you continue to stir my heart? How would you continue for me to move to say, you know what? How can I give love where love sometimes is not ever known? How can I do that? So let's not rest on yesterday's reputation, on yesterday's revolution. But let's move forward. You know, currently, there are over 245,000 books available on Amazon on leadership today, on just leadership, on the topic leadership. You know how many there are on servanthood? 267 books. That is 92,000% more books about leadership than there are about servanthood. So what does that tell you about our appetite for learning on how uh, the world's appetite for learning versus uh, learning how to serve and leading through that? So the need is there. In fact, I would even, uh, for the accountants in the room, I would tell you this. We're about to read out some numbers to you, but I I did some research. I looked back and uh, I I went to see how many people are represented in our communities. And I I didn't get all the communities from where you commute from, but I got a few of them here. And Minnetrista alone, there are over uh, 6,700 people. In Mound, there are uh, 9,200. In Orono, there's almost 8,000. In Shorewood, there's almost 8,000. In Waconia, almost 12,000. Watertown, 
just over 4,000 in Delano, almost 6,000 in Victoria, almost 40,000 in Excelsior, 2,000 in Wyzetta, 4,000. If you were to total that up completely, it would come out to 130,956 people. We could do that. We could reach those communities. If 12 people were here when they started the church, in fact, if you would go back and look at Minatrista's history, you would know that this all happened because of 12 people. At one point, the church that River Valley came over and, and took over was down to 12 people and they say, you know what, let's allow River Valley. Let's see what God can do. And if 600 people can come out of 12, I wonder what can come out of 600 people. If we all say, you know what, I'm willing to grab a hold of it. I'm willing to say, you know what, maybe we can reach these 130,000. Because the need is there. Frankly, it is, it's there. Love does, it sees, it hears, it feels, and it does. You know, I think that God will often speak to us and ask us to serve somebody in the way that doesn't necessarily even feel natural to our talents and our abilities. And sometimes it's out of our comfort zone. In fact, one of the most compassionate people I know is my wife. My wife. I'm kind of like cut and go a little bit. I'm kind of like, see, you know, tough love kind of person a little bit. One of the reasons I married my wife is because she's extremely compassionate. She is. And she's consistently always asking, like, how can we, uh, how can we continue to serve? How can we do this? How can we feel this need? And I'm glad she does. We need people like that. We need people like that. Because the need is there. The compassion is there. We just need to be able to do something with it and say, you know what? Let's do it. Let's get out of our comfort zones, even if it, it's not something that comes natural to us. In fact, if you were to even, uh, just to run a little bit more numbers on you, if you were to think, well, Minatrissa, what, what can we fit based on our two services, based on the number of seats, based on the number of parking lot spaces, based on our capacity here, two services, how many people can we fit on a weekend? 766. Now, does that come close to the 130,000? No. But guess what? That's 766 people we can minister to consistently on a weekly basis. So why not? Why not try to, try to fill it? We got empty spaces over here. We got empty spaces. Those spaces represent the need that is there for our community. The need that can come out of there. So let's fill the spaces. Let's look for solutions, how to add more room. In fact, I would even say this. By us being actively engaged by loving our neighbor and serving our neighbor, being out there, it builds relationship. It builds relationship. By us just putting a building here, does that work? Yes. But at the end of the day, the biggest impact that we're gonna have around our community, around helping people find the love of Christ is by building relationship with people and that comes through serving and that comes through loving and allowing our compassion to move us. It did for the Samaritan. So we gotta do the same. So let's send it. You know, one of the things I, I really love that uh, the Edina campus did and the Egan campus did was that uh, when Minneapolis was launching, they were able to launch that campus strong because they sent people from there. Now, I'm not a pastor and we're not a church that says, you know what? I want us to just fill this room and let's just keep it this way. No, I want us to be active and say, you know what? We got people that live in that community. I want to send people because I want to continue to build a kingdom. I want to continue to build what God is doing. I want to continue to reach people. I want to continue to, to help the marginalized, the lost, the forgotten, the broken, the fatherless, the people who don't feel love. I wanted to do that. 
So let's do it. You know, Galatians chapter five, it says, use your freedom. Use your freedom to serve one another, not just friends, not just family or the people you like or the people in your circle, but everyone, everyone. The great commission is go, let's go, let's do it. You know, Jesus freed us from expectations, from greed, from sin, all so that we can love and serve fully and purely. Serving and loving others is freeing, and it's an incredible thing. You know, Jesus was making a point that it's our relationship with our Heavenly Father that secures our eternity, but we are called to live lives of active health, help and not passive help. Moving forward, doing things. You know, if you know me, you know that I have a 10-month-old girl, beautiful little girl. I love her. She's incredible. One of the best things that's ever happened to me. And if you've ever had kids, you might know this experience. Or maybe you have someone that you love in your life a lot, and loving them is so, it's so freeing. It's incredible. But why is that? Why is loving them so incredible like that? And here's why. Not just because my daughter looks like me. She does. She's cute. She's cute. But I love her because I see myself in her. I love her because I see myself in her. My question is for you. If you're going to love the community around you, if you're going to love the people around you, you got to see yourself in them. You got to see yourself at the moment that you were at when you were at the most, when you were in your valleys, when you were the most broken, when you were the most needy, when you were the one that was looking for hope, that was looking for something. You got to see yourself there because if you don't, then you're missing the point. You're missing the point of the cross. Jesus loved us because he loved us because he saw himself in us. And he saw that he could do something more. And if we miss it, if we miss it out on the roads, if we miss it around the corner from us, then why are we doing this? Why are we meeting here? Lying is freeing. And we love each other when we see ourselves in each other. When it hurts. You know, my daughter, I hurt when she hurts. In fact, if you follow me on Instagram and Facebook, you probably noticed that she hurts when I, we hurt as well. We, we noticed it because when we fake cry, she cries. Terrible parenting, wouldn't recommend it, but very amusing by the most part. But, but she hurts. She hurts when I hurt. And it's incredible to be able to live life that way. Because we mean, that means we could do something. Love does, it sees, it hears, it feels, and it does. It's about our neighbor. It's all about our neighbor. How many of us know that talk is cheap, right? Talk is cheap. In fact, if I tell my wife I love her, but I never demonstrate that love to her, it doesn't matter how many times I say I love, I'm just blowing smoke. Talk is cheap. We got to be able to do something and say, you know what? I love God. Well, do you? I hope we do because I know we do. I just want to light the flame that is already there. I want to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts in these moments to say, you know what, I'm going to go reach. I'm going to go do something because I say this, I tell this to my team all the time. I'll tell you what, guys. This is me telling my team. 
good intentions without anything to show for it means nothing. Good intentions without anything to show for it means nothing. Because if someone says, you know what, I'm going to show you this, or I'm going to do this, but you never do it, it's just blank words. Love is more than just saying it's intending it. It's more than just wearing a ring. It's more about just checking off married on your tax forms. It's more than that. You know, I love this saying here. This is truth. Your talents will likely reveal your ministry, but it's your heart that will reveal your maturity in Christ. It's your heart that's going to reveal your maturity in Christ. So let's live it out like this good Samaritan. He says, you know what? I'm not going to move. I'm not going to go past this guy, but I'm going to say, you know what? This guy needs my help. I need a help. I could do something. I could reach my community. I'll take care of him if I have to, but I'm going to do something. Let's do it. In fact, we have opportunities to do that here at the Minnetrista campus. We have a table set up over in the lobby and uh, we're starting just a, a, a stronger initiative to be a part of local projects, to be able to serve our community, be able to go and, and let people know that, hey, we're not just a church that sits here on Westwood Avenue, but we're a church that's a part of this community that's willing to get out of these four walls and see what God is doing and to see how God can move us and use us when we say, you know what, I'm willing. Check out that table before you leave today. Let's be like this good Samaritan. Let's, allow, let's operate in the love of our freedom and let's move forward. Here's the thing. It's about how you respond now. It's your response. How you respond. So God, I just thank you for today. God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that your love was not passive, that it was active, that it was moving so much that you sent Jesus. God, you sent Jesus to die for us and you expressed your incredible love through the cross and what was done there, God. So Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here. I thank you for how you're gonna move us here. God, I thank you for how you're gonna fan into flame what is already there in us, the passion, the heart for our communities. So God, I ask this now, all in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen, amen.